Disrupting Japan, Episode 16. Welcome to Disrupting Japan, straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening. Today we get a chance to sit down and talk with Eiko Hashiba of Visask. Visask is a spot consulting or micro consulting platform that matches up companies that need very specific questions answered. With individuals that have that particular knowledge or set of skills. There are a few companies that do this in the West, but here in Japan, in addition to the chicken and egg problem that faces all new multi sided markets hoping to match buyer and seller, spot consulting faces two unique Japanese hurdles. First, asking for advice has traditionally been seen as a sign of weakness in Japan. Both personally and professionally, you're expected to be either a confident and fearless leader or an obedient and loyal follower, with not a lot of room for much else. And as you might imagine, this is not really the ideal atmosphere to foster innovation. The other problem is that the experts, the would be consultants, don't generally make themselves known here. Resumes are considered highly confidential documents. And speaking with outsiders about your expertise is something to be cautiously considered at best and viewed as a form of betrayal to your company at worst. Eiko explains how she tackled both of these problems head on and also talks about her journey from housewife to single mom to MBA to entrepreneur. She's one of those rare individuals who's letting nothing stand in the way of her vision, and I think we'll learn a lot from her. So here we go. So, cheers. Cheers. Thanks for sitting down with me. I'm sitting here with Eiko Hashiba of Visask. Well, before we get too far into this, I want you to introduce your company and tell us about it. And from what I understand, it is a crowdsourced spot consulting program. But that's Quite interesting. I haven't run across that very often, so maybe you can explain it a little in a little more detail. Okay. It's an expanded work service. Okay. Which, because I used to work for a private equity fund, where we use this kind of expanded work service where we can meet people who know the insights of industry, inside of the business. So, is this something like、uh, Gerson Learman? We call it expanded work, but it's For primary research, we want to access people who know the primary information, the insights, the deep understanding when we want to do business, when we want to invest in some area, when we want to create new you know, innovation. Okay. This kind of thing. Tell me a bit about your customers. Who、okay. are the main customers using this? We have three domains of the customer. One is a big company who d o research. For the new business development. And then、um, another segment is professional firm, such as consulting firm. And、uh, the last one is individuals who want to create new business, like us. Well, that's, that's quite a range of different, different users. So, for example, a, a typical big company、mm-hmm. contract, are they looking for information on market research? What, what would a typical yes, contract look like, like? Our main customer is. Industry like maker、mm-hmm. who have technology but who are not sure in which area this technology can be applied. They think 
okay, this technology can be applied to healthcare, but because they are a chemical company, so they want to know about like regulation, they want to know about the customers, they want to know about who are going to be their competitors. So before... it's very broad research and advice then. Yes. Very early stage. Okay. Yes, very early stage. Before us in Japan, maybe the only way to reach to those information is to read books. Right. Or to ask friends of friends of friends who worked in that industry. Okay. But now we have Google. Yes, that's true. But do they write down for that official company paper research this information I Googled? <laughs> Can they do that? No, Japan, I don't no, think they, they don't do think, that. Yeah, no. they don't do that. In the paper, they want to put, okay, I got this information from somebody who knows very well about this industry, who knows... From a verified source, yes, from yes, a reliable from, source. Yes, that's true. Okay. So you, you had a natural connections and resources on the customer-facing side. Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest challenges for anyone putting together a, a multi-sided market... Mm-hmm. It's kind of a chicken and the egg situation, yes, right? That's true, that's true. So, how did you get your experts? How did you collect the people with those expertise? Actually, we had a very tough time for the first year because for Japanese people, they don't like put their resume on LinkedIn. They don't want to open up their information on website. We don't change our career so often. Your resume is considered. Very private information in Japan. Yes, that's true. That's true. In fact, it, it's covered specifically by the Personal Data Protection Act. Because we feel it's very risky to put it open. That was our first challenge. But now we focused on okay, we are not the site for career change. We want to offer you new opportunity to use your knowledge, to use your career, not changing your job. So a, a side job. A little bit side. extra money or a little bit extra experience. Okay. Career experience. Because to change careers, it's very big change, right? Oh, yeah. But people, many people, most of the people want to change if there is not big risk to be qualified for a new job, for a new task, for a new challenge. So it's a safe way to take a new challenge. Yes, yes. Okay, you're not putting your job at risk. Yes. But I would imagine, especially if you're looking for experienced experts, you're looking at a lot of people who are kind of mid-career, mm-hmm. who are working at traditional Japanese yes, companies. Yes. Now, with a new idea like this, I'm sure that most of them didn't understand it, and it must have been kind of hard to convince people at first. That's true. But the first organization who sought we're going to be in a good service is actually Japanese government. Really? Yes. We got money from METI. Thanks to that money, our engineers became full-time engineers. Okay. And with METI backing, that must have helped some of your experts feel more reassured that you're a real company. Yes. And The government wanted to support new business, new service, which can promote people who can maximize their potential. Right their career potential, because we want to change the people's mind. They don't have to change their careers, but because their knowledge, their insight is very good and somebody needs it, please use it. That makes sense. One thing that's been interesting in Japan for a long time now, Western-style consulting Mm -hmm. 
has never been very popular in Japan. It's、mm-hmm. always been seen as almost a a sign of weakness.、Mm-hmm. That you need to go outside the company and、mm-hmm. and ask for help. Is this something that's changing now, or do you still see that? I think it's very changing. I don't think it because of it's kind of shame to get an help from outsiders. I feel it's one thing is it was very expensive, and then one thing is we think the real experience is more valuable than hypothetical experience. Oh, there's no doubt it's more valuable. The question was always getting people to accept it. Yeah, yeah. You think it's because it's more targeted, it's、uh, less expensive, that Japanese business is more open to doing this kind of consulting? Yes, I think so. Because now many of the Japanese companies got so much pressures to create new business because population is shrinking, right? And the competitions with global competitors is getting tough and tough and tough. We have to make a new new business. We have to make a new, you know, opportunity. And in the company, there are no new, you know, because whenever you want to challenge new things, right? You have to get new information. So、people. this is a way of of getting new ideas into、yes. these bigger companies. Yes, yes, yes. They have the ideas、right. in the company, but they need advice to make it real or to make it real with more, you know, potential, more bigger potentials. So it's a lot of sort of what do we do next? Yes, yes. What's yes. the next step here? That's true. That's true. What gonna what gonna their next step or what kind of things they have to be careful? You know, I I can see why that would make sense. You've you've tapped into a niche where large Japanese companies are freely admitting they don't know how to solve these problems. The government is saying that we need to look to smaller companies to help foster innovation.、Mm-hmm. Okay, that that yeah, makes a lot more sense to me. Why this is aligned so well? Thank you, thank you. <laughs> We have to make it more, you know, faster and faster for the decision making process. I mean, this is a fascinating time to be in Japan now because business culture is changing faster now than it has in decades.、Mm-hmm. So the the spot consulting idea, where you're answering a very specific set of questions for a, a client.、Mm-hmm. Now in, in Japan, so much of business is built up on on long term relationships. That's true. So, do your clients say, "Well, wait, we want to keep working with this one person for the next couple of years"? Yeah, some of our clients actually looking for some advisors who can they can work longer period, like、yeah. a, like a contract base. But even for them, they want to meet more people. They want to find right person, right advisor for them. So for them, they want to meet several candidates. Right. right. Maybe not for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We can give them the real. Sure. Do some real work. Work on some yeah, real projects yes, for them. Well, that's why the spot consulting is the very right way to try. Yeah, I, I can see why spot consulting would be much better at solving the actual problem,、mm-hmm. having a lot of different ideas approach a problem.、Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of against traditional Japanese business style of like,、mm-hmm. okay, here are the team. Let's just stick with it. Uh huh. Because it's very difficult for one person to answer all kind of questions, right? Absolutely. And now the Japanese companies is trying big number of ideas, new business ideas. Possibly that's gonna make the bigger money. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Right. Well, listen. Let me ask you on a personal level. Okay. Okay. So you were on a very fast career track in the financial industry. You、uh-huh. went to、uh, MIT. Yes. You worked at Goldman Sachs. 
Unison Capital for mm-hmm. a few years. What made you change and, and want to get into this crazy startup world? <laughs> okay. Okay. After graduating from undergrad University of Tokyo, I worked for Goldman Sachs. But before that, I got married. And then after one year, I got pregnant. So at that time, I felt, oh, it's impossible to keep working at Goldman Sachs because the work style was so It's crazy. pretty hard, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty hard. It's, it's, it's very crazy. It's a demanding job. Yeah. At the time, I had only one year work experience. Right. So I had to say, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I cannot work as hard as other, you know, junior analysts. Right. Then I chose different company. I can work till 10 p.m. And if the 10 p.m. is normal working hour, you know, I don't have to say, I'm sorry. And then I got USCPA uh, certified public accountant. Then I would change my career to L'Oreal cosmetic company. Mm-hmm. And at that time, working hour is, you know, manageable. Ending at 10 p.m.? 10 p.m., yes. That's, that's still pretty, pretty tough. That's... Yeah, pretty tough, but I didn't have to say, I'm sorry. Right. Even with my very small baby. And at that time, okay, if I want to work, I have to make an effort to be you know, strong, yeah. to, be, to make people want to work with me. I need something, a building point. With my accounting skills, I work very happily at L'Oreal. Then my husband wanted to go to the U.S. JD program. Okay. To get into the JD program. That was three-year program. So, okay, I said, okay. With my baby, I went to the U.S. with him. And then because it was a three-year program, because his school was in Boston, so I decided to go to MIT. Oh, wow, okay. Yes. So at that time, <laughs> well, that's, I... That's making very good use of your time there, isn't it? Yeah, but I, yeah, it was very tough for me to prepare for the entrance, you know, the essay. Mm-hmm. The essay. You can imagine, especially in a foreign language. Yes. Because of the language things, yes. And because of the cultural difference, because at that time I was not used to how to make my careers attractive to the admission office. Right, it, was, right. it was very tough for me hmm. because at that time I had only one year experience at Goldman Sachs and one and a half year experience at Lea. It was very short. I didn't make too big, you know, big enough project. I didn't do that. Right, but, but nothing really outstanding. Yes, Lots yes, of other people yes, with yes. similar histories. Then I met a girl who studied at MIT Sloan. It's an American girl. Mm-hmm. And she advised my essay. And she said to me, Okay, cool. you don't have to worry about it. Your GMAT score is good. And then your, your essay, you need a little bit more twist, make it more, you know, outstanding. You have to... Then I, I said, okay, but I didn't have Such outstanding, an outstanding history. Yeah. And then she told me, Okay, Eiko. Think about it. You are young Japanese working mother. She gave me four keywords. Young Japanese working mother. If you put them together, you are the number one in that area. And I said, okay, that could be true because I am Japanese. Mm-hmm. I am woman. And especially for the MIT room. There's not as many. Yeah, yeah. Not as many. And then especially mom. Well, so, differentiation is very yes, important. Di- it's, yeah, <laughs> so differentiation is very important. And uh, with only one keyword, differentiation was not enough. But with mm. these four keywords, differentiation is going to be, you know... Very strong. Yeah, very strong. Obviously, you got in. Mm-hmm. You, you did well. Yeah. 
Then, um, but you went back to finance again. Okay. <laughs> Then, at the time, actually, I was interested in startup and a company. But during the business school, you know, days I got divorced. So, oh, okay. yeah. So I have to, I had to seriously, you know, think about my daughter and my, you know. Of course. Me too. Yeah. I, at the time, I thought I didn't have good work experience. So I decided to go back to finance world mm-hmm. to make money and to get a good work experience. So I decided to join Unison Capital, one of the biggest Japanese private equity fund. And then private equity business is a mix of the business and the finance. Right. Because we have to increase the value of the company. And of course, we do M&A. So I think, okay, this is going to be my perfect job. Okay. And I spent five years there. In Japan, interest rate is pretty low. Yeah. The big company with some potentials, anyway, they can get money from bank. Yeah. But they don't have good access to information or people they need. So, th- was this the, the beginning of your idea for the spot yeah. consulting? Yes. That certainly makes sense、mm-hmm. where it's coming together.、Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between having a great business idea、mm-hmm. and actually deciding to do it.、Ah. So, there's, there's lots of great ideas out there.、Mm-hmm. So, what, what, was, what was it that made you decide that, okay, I'm going to leave this safety of this career? Mm-hmm. And start a company as a young single mom? Because I didn't feel that the challenge was risky because I had a good track record of five year you know, experience at Unison Capital. So、okay. at that time I thought, okay, anyway, I can come back to this world. So you had a backup plan? Yes. It's very important, I think. To have backup plan is very important, I think. Absolutely. If so, the challenge is on the upside, right?、Mm-hmm. So I felt, okay, I like this idea. I, I was so sure of this upside potential. <laughs> and then I didn't feel any you know, uncontrollable risk. I didn't feel that.、Uh-huh. So, okay, why not? Was your family and were your friends supportive of the idea? Oh, my family. Yeah. My dad said, okay, Eiko, the important of the business is to collect the cash. That's the only word to give <laughs>、okay. you. It's、like、a, a good place to start. It's, that's only the other things. And mom said, okay, I, I, you can do whatever you want. That's it. Yeah. And then my friends, my friends, the web service is very far from the financial, the traditional you know, industry. Yeah. So they gave me the advice okay, I know some guy. Who work for web service? They try to you know, find some person, some friends who work for so, to try to help you out yeah, to find yes, staff. Yes, well, yes. that's it, it's great that you had supportive family and friends. A, a lot of entrepreneurs in Japan don't have that advantage. Maybe they already know I don't know. <laughs> But that you're going to do、I、what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> no matter I, what they say, you're going to do. Because anyway, anyway, I really want, wanted to do this because I feel it's very, you know. Big potential to put people together for the new project. As, as, as I said, I didn't feel any risk, you know. So, Just yeah. jumping out.、Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. Did you have any sort of role models or, or people you looked up to that kind of helped you make that change or who inspired you to make that change? I'm not sure, but I like the speech of Steve Jobs. He said, like,、uh, connecting the dots. The connecting the dots speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love it. I really love it. And I, I really feel that's right. Well, let's. Talk a little bit more about that, that shift.、Mm-hmm. So, from working in a large private equity firm to running your own show,、mm-hmm. what was the biggest thing you had to change about yourself to become a, a good CEO? 
the team, I think, team, to make the team, the team at the private equity fund, they are only similar people in the team, right? They yeah. are professionals. They are very hard work worker, naturally. They are very aggressive mm. for their careers and very similar. They yeah. have very similar backgrounds, similar educations. In starting up my own company, my team is very, you know, <laughs> the engineers, they, they are engineers. Well, yeah, and that's true. I was working at the large company. A lot of your team is loyal to the company. Yes, that's true. That's true. But as a CEO, it's just you. That's true. And then just me and then just vision of the company. Yeah. If you work for a bigger company, anyway, the stable cash sure. is very important things. And then that name of the company is very important things, especially in Japan, I think. Yeah. But for the small startup company, I think the vision is in very important things. What they are doing, what my team is doing is for the good visions. Uh-huh. How did you fix it? How did you learn to build a team? Still now, every day, yeah. I have fight with my engineers. <laughs> <laughs> Almost every day we are talking about that. But anyway, very small things. We have to, we have to understand each other. That different way of thinking. But still, after so many fights we did, we realized, yeah. okay, anyway, we believe in this vision mm -hmm. so we can work together. Yeah. So, you know, naturally, we understand vision is very Well, important. I'd say that engineers fighting with, with non-technical management is a great tradition in, in startups. Yeah. <laughs> it never stops. It doesn't, you know. <laughs> I, I read so many books about that. And that's real, I think. Yeah, it, it's, no, it's just, yeah, that never stops. It's <laughs> And especially they think I don't have technical backgrounds. Right. And that's true. So I really respect them. <laughs> I, I try to show my respect to them. But still, yeah. Yeah, it's... I think vision connects us. Yeah, that makes sense. So if they believe in the vision, there's, there's kind of a mutual trust yes. on both sides. And you yeah. can move forward that way. Yes. What, what is most enjoyable day-to-day? -day? Everyone likes to talk about how difficult running a startup is, but what do you enjoy most day-to-day -day about it? When I worked for Unison Capital, mm -hmm. I didn't like to speak up the sales pitch or those things in front of people. I really liked calculation, variations, uh -huh. study, like research. I like those kind of And then my company, talking about my company and my project, I like talking about it. Because this is new, because people sometimes show their passion, to their, interest, party, yeah. their interest, their reaction. It's very, you know... So the, the, the human support. interaction. Yeah, 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 human interaction. Because our product is social-wise. The future of the Japan, I think very, it's very important to let people express their career strengths. Yeah. So I want to change this Japanese society to that direction. The, the thing you enjoy is the passion and people sharing your vision and, yes. and talking about your vision. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's true. You don't get to do that much in private equity. That's right. <laughs> you are in the financial institutions. The mistake is very mistake. We have to be perfect. Yeah, right? you get penalized very heavily for small mistakes yes. in, in finance, yes. But in startup world, everything is new. Yeah. We are building up from zero. To 100. So anyway, you have to make mistakes. Yeah, you, we have yeah. to make mistakes, and we have to try. And try and error is very important things. I like this. It's it's a much healthier, more fun way to, yeah. to work, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I really think so. I think so too.
Let me ask you some kind of some big questions about、mm-hmm. Japan. I, I I'm not going to ask you the silly "What's it like to be a female entrepreneur?" Okay. question. Okay. But entrepreneurship does seem to offer a unique appeal to Japanese women. So I've noticed, for example,、mm-hmm. uh, I do a lot of coaching at Startup Weekend,、mm-hmm. and between about one fourth to one third of the students there are women. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's it's very encouraging. There's obviously something attractive about it. Do you feel there are more opportunities for women in startups, either as a founder or as an employee, than there are in traditional Japanese or foreign companies here in Japan? For founders, yeah, sometimes it's very you know beneficial to be women. I mean,、really? I, I would say because the number of the women entrepreneurs is below for the PR purpose. It's very you know. So helpful to be female. You're unique and newsworthy. Yes, like differentiation,、yeah. right? But to get money from VCs, actually, I got, I got the question, the same question from several VCs. Okay, go, you're a woman. What gonna be your brand, personal brand for next five years? I I didn't answer the question very well.、So、what what I, were they asking exactly? Yeah, were they exactly, ask- they wanted to ask me or they wanted to say to me. Okay, I don't have plan to get married. I don't have plan to <laughs> to make baby. <laughs> that that's what they were after. And... Yeah, that's the fact.、Oh, that that kind of question I I really got from not only one voices, several voices. It's because because there are not so many good role models on of the female entrepreneurs to make the big success. Yeah, that's true. Only maybe only the DNA is number one. Number one. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. That kind of things. Okay, I felt、uh, to be a woman is a little bit tough. And then especially the、like right. startup founders community is、uh, most of them are you know, guys. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of things. I, I've got to say this is exactly the same issues that my friends who are women founders in San Francisco are dealing、oh, really? with. Really, in San Francisco, much the same thing. Really. Well, I, I've never heard anyone that's said they've asked if they were planning <laughs> on getting married or having a baby, but. Simo, I'm sure they were thinking it. But okay, after you said like,、uh, no, I'm not planning on having a another husband or another baby in the next five years. <laughs> were they willing to invest, or were they still sort of nervous about investing in a female founder? No, I I already got a finance from two VCs. They、okay. didn't they didn't care about that. Okay. So it's okay. Some VCs did care about that, and some some didn't. And the ones that did care about you just walked away from. We both maybe. <laughs> okay, well, good for you. Yeah, that's a, that's excellent. Well, in in large Japanese companies or in, oh boy, Japanese government in particular, a lot of staff have trouble reporting to women bosses.、Mm. Do you find that attitude's changing in the startup world? In startup world, and the engineers don't count; they argue with everyone. <laughs> so that's not that has nothing to do with male or female.、Yeah. They just <laughs> in startup world. There are so many women who did very, who do very good work, higher position than male、right. colleagues. There are so many companies like that. So I think it's changing from new companies, not only in web service, not only in IT or startups, but but new companies are changing、hmm. the culture. I think I remember when I IBD iBank,、right. my friend who works for iBank. He said to me, he didn't like to report to women, you know, boss. Yeah, it's it's a a common complaint you'll hear in in drunk salarymen and isekai all,、yeah. all over Japan. <laughs> I don't say that's unfair. Maybe that sometimes that's true. That women 
bus are not as fair as yeah, oh, well, that I, could be possible because because we we women don't have advisors good advisors to become good boss is not the natural things they we will we have to make an effort to be a good boss but because、uh, as a woman maybe we are not we have less Good advice or race role to, model. You have to figure things out for yeah, yourself yeah, more. For, yeah, yeah, for ourselves. Although one interesting thing is, is、um, this study was a few years ago. It surveyed both male and female employees, and female employees disliked having a female boss more than male employees <laughs> did <laughs> in Japan. That could be possible, I think. And maybe for that reason, maybe there aren't isn't enough role models, so women try to. Have to try harder, and maybe they're even tougher on、yes. women subordinates、mm. than they would be on male subordinates. But if the startup world is changing that, that can only be a good thing. That's true. That's true. I think the startup world we change the way to work, we change the culture things. Yeah. And I I feel I I feel the change all the all day.、Uh, talking with my you know, friends who、mm-hmm. work for startup companies, they try to appear what they are doing very new way. Yeah. To make their company more in a happy place to work. So innovation, not just in the technology, but in the whole way of doing business. Yes. Well, that's、yes. what Japan really needs right now. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest challenge facing new entrepreneurs today? People who've just started a company. The opportunity for the exits,、mm-hmm. I think it's different. Maybe in Japan, like we have to make our company today IPO size. Yeah, the the M and A activity is much lower here than it、yeah. is in the states. I think that's the one of the tough things, and then also still the culture was, oh, why are you starting up a company? Why, why, why do you want to take that kind of risk? Those kind of things, yeah, still there. When I started my own company, my friends were really worried about me. Oh, you're a single mom, but you still <laughs> want to do this, and then they try to help me, and my US friends. They just say, "Oh, congratulations!" Right. It、That's, was a very yeah, natural thing. Yeah, it's very natural things. We have to show us like a show off. We have to you, you have to make us like always happy. So you you feel like you have to、um, always be strong. Always be strong as as always be as they say in America.、Yeah. Always be crushing it. <laughs> always be doing fantastic. Yeah, that kind of yeah pressure I feel, and then especially for the younger generations because they don't have. So much things before setting up the company. I've got to say that is one of the most difficult things about being a a founder. There's no one you can complain to. You can't complain to your staff. You can't complain to your investors. You're the one that just has to say, "This is the vision. Things are going great."、Yeah. Or even if they're not going great, you gotta say, "This is how we're going to get through it." And、mm-hmm. it's all like on you. That could be true, but we are trying not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's that's the good things to be a woman. I think it's easier. As a woman, I can say to my team, "Help me." Interesting. I could see that. Yeah. Help me. I need your support. I need to, you know, discuss with you. I need your ideas. That kind of things. But that I, is, I, I've always believed, very little is inherently good or bad, advantage or disadvantage.、Mm-hmm. Usually, it's just different, and you can use something as an advantage or as a disadvantage. And I, I think that's a great example of of. Although there are disadvantages of being a a woman entrepreneur, there's also plenty of ways you can use it as an advantage. Yeah, yeah. I I always think that being different is a good advantage for me. So、yeah. as a woman and entrepreneur. Well, being different is always an advantage as a startup. 
Yeah, I think so. In every way. I really agree with that point. This has been really good. Do you have any closing thoughts? Do you have anything you want to let our listeners know about? Not only the startup things in Japan is changing, I think. The whole culture, career, or thinking about like the way of the thinking for the innovation, change, starting up in a company or like a career, those kind of things are very, very quickly changing, I think. I think so too. I think the next five years are going to be utterly amazing in Japan. Yeah. Finally, we are changing, <laughs> I think. Okay. And then starting up the company is only one side of that kind of things. But still, the change is especially from us, from the startup company. It's driving it's, the change. Yeah, driving the change. And there are so many, you know, events to meet big Japanese company with startup companies. Right, right. To do the co-creation. I think finally our market to the foreign companies or the foreigners open up. I think that's a great optimistic note to end on. So, um, Eiko, thanks so much for sitting down with me. Thank you. And we're back. I found Eiko's approach to taking risks refreshing. When facing huge changes in either her professional life or her personal life, she simply didn't consider it risky because she knew the odds were in her favor and that she would make it happen. It's a wonderful outlook that even longtime entrepreneurs like myself need to be reminded of once in a while. Ake also had an interesting take that being a woman, or even a single mom, was not so much a disadvantage as a differentiator. And that's true of startups in general. Almost all of us initially enter the market from a position of weakness, and we succeed by using our small size and flexibility, our perceived disadvantage, as an actual advantage. Her point that you take note not only of your strengths, but also your weaknesses. This is great advice for any startup. Whether you're a foreigner in Japan or a new entrepreneur, sometimes your weakness is turned into your greatest strength. If you want to see the links and resources that Eiko and I talked about during the interview, or to get in touch, go to disruptingjapan.com slash show 016, and you'll find all of that and more in the resources section of the post. And if you have something to say about spot consulting, the importance and difficulty in asking for help, or about Japanese startups in general, drop by and leave a comment and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. But most of all, thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting the show and letting people interested in Japanese startups know about us. This is Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.